Morning Liberty. Well, what is going on, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of the Good Morning Liberty podcast. I'm the hostess with the mostest, Charles <laughs> Chuck Thompson. And with me, as always, for this dumb bleep of the week Friday, is the one who knows just about everything there is to know, Mr. Nathaniel Paul Thurston, Nate P.T., NPT, how you doing over there, my man? You got your make taxation theft again. I do. Hat on. I got for it all on. these for all these liberty loving folks. I'm traveling up to Illinois today, so I got to have my make taxation theft again hat on. Because they've got some taxes up there. I, oh boy, it's it's your best defense. I mean, that's really all you can do when you enter a, a, the land of tyranny. It's really all land of tyranny everywhere. But when you go to Illinois, it's a very special special tyrannical place there's only a few states where uh where that really takes place you got california new york and and illinois is where it gets real bad Mm -hmm. real bad Mm -hmm. illinois is worse to me because no offense to my entire family (laughs) but illinois does not have what california and new york have to offer but they act like they do that you know like california's got beaches and all kinds of stuff like that new york has new york city and Illinois. That's where concrete jungles dreams are made of. Exactly. Yeah. And Illinois has, I mean, they have Chicago, and then there's an entire other state out there that's a lot of farms, really pretty, beautiful farms. But as far as having like some of the highest taxation in all the lands, they're really, they're really not on the same level well, as California and New York. California's desolate in a lot of places. I mean, I know. There's desert, there's the, you know, you got the rolling hills in the north. And uh, hot-ass beaches in the South. California is like traveling <laughs> through different countries. Yeah. It's always been one of the really cool things about America, by the way. I've thought through traveling through. I've been through all the states, and I've been through several different countries. America really has a very unique thing because you get everything in the U.S. Just and, about. I mean, you, you get your deserts, your beaches, your nice farmland, your mountainous regions. Mm-hmm. You got your you got your Iceland up there in, in Alaska. Well, I guess technically that'd be Greenland. <laughs> 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 so you got like everything. Yeah. And you got, you know, your Hawaii, you got your good vacation spots. It's like it's like every kind of thing in the world that you can have almost, other than a rainforest, I guess. Okay. We don't have any rainforests. We, yeah, we do. We have a rainforest? In Hawaii? Okay. You ever been to the rainforest in Hawaii? I have. You ever been skinny dipping in the waterfall pools? I went there and all I saw were a bunch of were a bunch of signs saying tourists get out. <laughs> People in Hawaii hate the tourists. Yeah. Well, understandably so, honestly. No, America's one of the most beautiful countries. Um, we stole some great land. We did. <laughs> we, it was a good theft, honestly. We, Very smart. We, we got. How can he be mad at Christopher Columbus? You know, <laughs> he knew what he was stealing. Uh, but no, seriously, it is. It is. It's absolutely gorgeous, and like you said, we got everything. And then, you know, all of uh, everything. You have everything you could need in America because you have all of the cultures here. So it's like if you want like authentic Italian food, you can have authentic Italian food without going to Italy. You know, if you want authentic Mexican or uh, authentic Asian, whatever it may be, all the different cultures, Indian, whatever it is, it's all here in this melting pot. Of, so you're saying you've decided to not move to Canada? I never wanted to move to Canada. It's okay. too damn cold up there. I heard it's cold up yeah. there, eh? Hey. <laughs> so, well, guys, as I said, this is the Good Morning Liberty Podcast, a place where we talk about life 
liberty and the pursuit of meaning. I'm going to do my best job to be Ben Shapiro today and talk about it as fast as I can because we got a lot to cover, not a lot of time. So, but okay. first, okay. So, but 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 first, <laughs> let me. Pretty good. Yeah, let me tell you guys about our Patreon and the way that you can support us because this live group is off the chain, man. Do they still say that? Do the kids still say that? No. Oh, oh, it's lit. This mm, live. Oh, is that old is that too it? now? It's it's fire. This this live group is cool. <laughs> cool beans, man. It's, yeah, yeah. It's bad. It's bad, man. Yeah. This live group is bad. It's like a new set of shoulder pads. And so if you want to get it on that, go to patreon.com slash good morning liberty. Uh we just had a new person sign up today, so we appreciate that very, very much. I love seeing those notifications come through and and you guys doing you're you're putting your money where your mouth is. And if you sign up for as little as five dollars a month, you get a whole bunch of free stuff like yeah. this free live group that we're doing if you pay us money you get all kinds of free things yeah just like amazon yeah and so this is a this is the good morning liberty patreon prime membership and so we uh you get free shipping on our live stream we got (laughs) we got hip uh we got it's dope it's popping we got it's popping straight fire marie says straight fire (laughs) okay all right yeah we'll go with cool it's cool, dude. Yeah, it's cool, man. It's cool, dude. <laughs> Tell me about what's going on in Beverly Hills. This was the story we had yesterday that we didn't get to. I had to mention it because you got to throw, you got to call out hypocrisy at its finest. You guys have seen all of the rich, wealthy celebrities throwing up some of the most tremendous and beautiful virtue signals you've ever seen in your entire lives, but they tend to not like it when it comes to their house. You know, they your house it's okay and your street and your your city that's okay don't bring that stuff over to me i'm a free i'm a free individual and yeah. i can't be protested against you keep your free protest at, at at a distance way over there protest over there so what's like a really rich store that people go to a rich store yeah like something super expensive kroger no no <laughs> i was thinking like uh yeah you can burn down target but don't burn down my whatever my my handmade furniture store or whatever they whatever they you know they're buying uh what's that uh what's the furniture store that's super expensive west the, elm no not west elm restoration hardware mm, yeah it's like your cow the minimum couch is, is the same cost as a car yeah I, they won't even it's let like me in there 30 grand so anyway burn down target don't burn down restoration hardware <laughs> so <laughs> this coming from the daily wire thanks ben celebs say no emergency order ban protest autonomous zones in Beverly Hills. Celebrities and other wealthy residents of Beverly Hills, California and the surrounding area may be happy to contribute millions to freedom funds to pay bail for rioters arrested in other major cities, but they're quickly moving to shut down demonstrations and the possibility of an autonomous zone like the one taking shape in Seattle, Washington from coming anywhere near. Using coronavirus as the excuse, the city of Beverly Hills issued a strict order earlier this week banning protests, demonstrations, and curtailing plans for an autonomous zone in one of the country's wealthiest districts. Now, why would they do that? They're worried about coronavirus, obviously. This is the whole thing. They're worried about the virus. Dumb bleep of the week on Friday has turned into, it's just hypocrisy day. It is. Yeah. Everything we should talk about on Friday is just the, oh, the hypocrisy. Hypocrisy of the week. It doesn't have quite the same ring to it. It doesn't. But anyway, quote, to preserve the peace and tranquility of residential neighborhoods, effective tonight until further notice, no more than 10 people shall gather in an assembly 
in a public right of way in a residential area between the hours of 9 p.m. and 8 a.m., the city's social media accounts announced. Quote, an assembly is defined as any gathering or group of 10 or more people on a public street, sidewalk, or other public places if those 10 people have a common purpose or goal. Any assembly that is silent, such as a candlelight vigil and gatherings on private property, are exempt from this emergency order. Silent assembly is okay. Jeez. <laughs> the, what is the first amendment? That's what, yeah. Candlelit vigil. Freedom of silence. Yeah. A candlelit, a candlelit vigil. Those words are explicitly in the first amendment on your right to peacefully assemble. Yeah. So it it's in the fine print. It's hard to, <laughs> it's hard to read. But you guys can see the Constitution behind me. It's it's right there. It says it. Uh, the order, Hot Air reports, stems from fallout over an Occupy protest that played loud music and otherwise disrupted sleeping Beverly Hills <laughs> residents between the hours of 10 p.m. and 1 a.m. sometime last week. It may also be the direct result of looting and rioting that took place along the city's Tony Rodeo Drive shopping district, as in places like Chicago, Illinois, and the New York City. In New York City, looters and rioters took advantage of massive anti-racism protests to steal from high-end retailers like Gucci and Louis Vuitton. Uh, so far, that's, I forgot about those places. Don't burn those things down. <laughs> so far, the looters and rioters have avoided the city's residential areas as well as residential areas surrounding Los, Can uh, Los Angeles, California. But that is not an ongoing guarantee. Well, it is well, now. They've they've passed a law. They put up signs. Yeah, yeah. They said uh, <laughs> protest free zone. Pro yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> coronavirus and protest free zone. And so now they're not going to have any of it there. I just can't. Just I can't amazing. imagine what some of the same people who live in Beverly Hills would have to say if some of these cities pass the same ordinances saying that due to coronavirus they're not going to allow the protests anymore. What do you think they would have to say on their little blue check mark ridden Twitters all over the place? What, what, what would they be saying about that? They're going to be like, I'm donating a thousand dollars to BLM. So they will not come into my community. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, it's like, it's like all those movies you watch, like hunger games and all of that. It's the elite will always be like, well, we're for all this, but not, you can't, if, if you do it at my house, like if you burn my house down, well then like I'm supporting you. How can you, if you, if we let the peasants take over us, well, then we're out of control. Yeah. They, the peasants can fight the peasants, but <laughs> not us, not us. We're in the ruling class. We're the, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's, it's just, uh, which by the way, I'm not saying that we should riot loot or burn down or, uh, you know, have large demonstrations in Beverly Hills that are violent. I'm not saying that I'm saying is it's amazing how we just did a story yesterday about how, all these people are donating. Steve Carell and all of them are donating to Black Lives Matter, uh, pledging a thousand dollars. Or no, it wasn't Black Lives Matter. I'm sorry. It was for the was, bail. The, it was MFF, the Minnesota Freedom Fund, I yes. think. And it's raised like thirty-five million dollars. Only two hundred thousand has actually gone to bailing people out. So they do all that. It's it's all it is is virtue signaling because when it actually comes time for them to support with their with their bodies and their property. It's no longer a movement that they want to be a part of. It's they're, a movement that they don't want anything to do with. More than willing to, to make the argument that everyone else should be sacrificing their property. Yes. But not their property. Yeah, of course. At all. Not so, in my backyard, as this, they always say. This just goes to show you, it's just one little hypocritic oath that they've all taken together to virtue signal all over everyone's... <laughs> 
to just virtue signal all over the place. And now, now when it, when the rubber meets the road, they're like, oh, you know, actually, we're going to outlaw that, and uh, because of coronavirus, that's why. That's why. Yep. So, a little bit of hypocrisy for you right there. That's what happens when you have no principles, just virtue signals all the time. So, from fee.org, workers are asking to be laid off because COVID nineteen unemployment benefits pay better than work. We talked about some of this yesterday. We've been talking about this a lot because this is important. I saw the number went up to 46 million unemployed now. Well, 46 million claims, claims. in the process. Maybe not currently unemployed not, or yeah. something like that. Yeah. yeah. Another so, uh, 1.5 million last week. This is important as the economy continues to go down the shitter. Uh, it's it's important to talk about what could actually get us out of it. Like Number one. And the shitter's full. The shitter's full. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> so That's true it keeps going down there but it's that thing's backed up have you checked, have you checked our sitters <laughs> okay so <laughs> that's good I, hadn't, I didn't even make that 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 connection you're welcome that's good i like it okay so this is important because we're talking about the economy which is going down the tank real quick obviously a lot of people unemployed or filing unemployment you know claims out there and we've got to find a way to get out of this. And the only way to get out of this, by the way, as everyone is talking about what we should spend money on, is to see if we can actually make any money anywhere. Like before you decide that you think taxation should be spent on X, you need to ask yourself where the taxation comes from. And the taxation comes from economic activity. Yeah. That is where it comes from. So if you don't have the economic activity, then you have got to accept that the taxation is not going to be there to pay for anything at all. This is very important. So, Maurice said he spit out his drink. <laughs> <laughs> Generous payments to the unemployed are encouraging layoffs. The coronavirus relief passed by Congress last month temporarily increased unemployment compensation by six hundred dollar per week to more than lo- to to more than low income employees were receiving for working. As a result, some workers are asking to be laid off because being unemployed pays better than working. That's ironic because the coronavirus relief legislation was supposed to prevent layoffs in some kind of way. In fact, in the legislation that earmarked $350 billion of your own money for loans to small businesses to enable them to keep their employees on the payroll. The loans can be forgiven if the employer keeps its workers and uses at least 75% of the loan for payroll, payroll costs. So the federal government is simultaneously encouraging both employment and unemployment at the same time. Imagine that. And using your tax money to pursue both of these contradictory goals. The CARES Act spends $260 billion on expanded unemployment insurance and also $350 billion on employment <laughs> benefits. <laughs> NPR describes how the coronavirus relief laws made unemployment compensation so generous that workers are asking to be laid off from jobs they like and employers that would be happy to keep employing them. Interesting, this came from NPR. That's, that's surprising. Mm-hmm. $600 per week. That's what the federal government is now offering to people who've lost their jobs because of the coronavirus. It's not just $600 per week, though. That's extra. Extra on top, on of, top your of your already unemployment. Yeah. Which what uh, what do you get for unemployment? 60 it's half, I think half or 60 percent. Something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. Yeah. But the extra money can create some awkward situations. Some businesses that want to keep their doors open say it's hard to do so when employees can make more money by staying home. We basically had the situation where it would be the, a logical choice for a lot of people to be unemployed, said Sky Marietta, who opened the coffee shop along with her husband, Jeff, last year in Harlan, Kentucky. Even though she had customers, Marietta reluctantly decided to close the coffee shop just over a week ago. 
The very people we hired now have asked us to be laid off, Marietta wrote in a blog post, not because they did not like their jobs or because they did not want to work, but because it would cost them literally hundreds of dollars per week to be employed. That's unbelievable. Okay, unbelievable. Back to the fee article. Studies have consistently found that generous unemployment benefits increase unemployment rates and cutting unemployment compensation reduces unemployment rates. For example, a January 2015 MBER study found that cutting unemployment rates benefits caused the lion's share of America's job growth over the preceding year. Cuts caused nearly all of 2014's employment growth, as illustrated by the abrupt reversal in relative employment growth. Blah, blah, blah. Wait, that happened during thing. Obama's presidency? Yeah, they they cut unemployment benefits. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Areas with less generous unemployment benefits have lower unemployment rates. In 2014, the Wall Street Journal discussed this in fewer jobless benefits, more jobs from the Wall Street Journal. It noted that North Carolina, after refusing to extend unemployment benefits, was rewarded with more jobs and a falling jobless rate. After it let 73 weeks of jobless benefits expire in July, and in a mere six months, the jobless rate fell to 6.9% in December from 8.9% in July. That's far more rapidly than the decline in the national rate, which fell from 6.7 from 7.3. So a lot bigger decline in the jobless rate. North Carolina had trailed the national economy with a much higher rate since the recovery began. Moreover, North Carolina employment had increased by 1.3% since the benefits expired, while the national average was only 0.5%. So So you're telling me, you're trying to tell me that when people don't have a choice and they need to put food on the tables, that the only way to do that is to go back to work if they don't get unemployment? That sounds crazy, man. That sounds made up. You're telling me human beings operate off motivation and incentive? No. No way. No way. This No way this makes any sense. This, this is, has to be to- a completely fabricated lie built on white supremacy. This That's all this is. This is white supremacist capitalism. That's all that's it is. That's all it is. And I can't believe that Fee has not been shut down for writing this, this atrocity of an article well, spewing hate and lies into people's <laughs> mouths and ears. Luckily for them, I guess they don't have advertising on their website, so they, they can't get shut down by, by too many people. I just Fee is very open about that. In fact, I want to, as a Good Morning Liberty representative, I want to apologize. Uh, my deepest, sincerest, let me say the Lord's Prayer so we all can be better. Uh, you know, I. it's really, and I know it's hard. Our Father. These, Art, art, <laughs> in heaven. Uh, that'll be in heaven. <laughs> in a helicopter. <laughs> helicopter. <laughs> it is. It's hard to hear these types of words, and um, I'm I'm sorry that Nate read that. Maybe I'll fire him. I probably offended some um, people with this fact, article. Nate's been asking to be laid off recently, and I can't figure out why. <laughs> and and so fake news. <laughs> it's fake. You're fake. He's been, you know, and so I, I'm just really sorry you guys had to hear that. Nate shouldn't have read this. It's just spewing hatred everywhere. No, but seriously, this is where we start to get logical and people are they just they they there's no response when you actually hit people with facts like this. They'll they'll trash your education. They'll start trashing you as a person. They'll tell you, "Well, you didn't really grow up poor. There's no way you grew up in a trailer, Nate." There's no way that happened to you because if it did, then you wouldn't have the views that you have. I know. And so when you start spewing logic, they just, this is what they do. 
They just rename it hate, and they're like, well, you can't say that because it's hate. In fact, we're going to need to retroactively remove all articles like this from history. Yeah. We're going to need to pull them all down. We can't have this out there. Guys, we've been telling you for a very long time, and this is where personal responsibility comes in. We've been telling you for a very long time that human beings, economics is driven by human beings, right? And it's all emotional decisions. It's emotional decision making. And so when based on your own well-being yes based on your own well-being all humans are selfish they're self-interested in nature uh, because it's either you you live or you die that's the thing and so when you're faced with a situation where if you don't get off your ass and do something then you could become homeless starve or whatever then there are things in your body that your brain starts going oh man well, we got to do something like I should do something. Yeah. I mean, maybe I'll take that McDonald's job because now at least I can eat McDonald's. It's better than nothing. It's better than nothing. And so when your back's up against the wall, human beings are driven by motivation and they're driven by incentive. And so when the incentive is that it's better that you get a job so that you can provide food for your family and safety and security for your family, then you go get a job. If it's better for you to remain on unemployment than you remain on unemployment. This is this, uh, the cyclical poverty that we see in the black communities and in, in the minority communities and the poor communities where people are just on generational unemployment welfare, where in fact, I had a friend of mine who uh, she knew a, a girl that stayed on unemployment and welfare. And she had like six kids and, and the reason why she never married their father was because she could qualify as a single mother and she got like $500 a month per kid. Mm-hmm. And she's like, why would I go get a job? That's going to cost me money to go get a job. I know a lot and, of people like that from where I'm from. I, I mean, know. they literally will sign over rights to their kids to max out the benefits. Right. I mean, that a literal thing that it's, happens. And that's what, what is that driven by? Is that that person's fault? Well, yes, technically it's their fault, but also the opportunity for them to do that's there. It exists. Just like when power, when a power structure exists, tyranny will move in. Well, when human beings are incentivized to do less for more, that's what they'll do. That's what everyone does. That's what anyone I would do. I want to do the least amount possible for the highest amount of gain. And, and, then, and then that way, you can allocate time for other things you want to do. Maybe it's fishing for you. Maybe it's starting a business for you. Maybe it's, maybe it's uh, you know, whatever, whatever it could be. It's, skipping at the park or skipping around or, or taking a vacation, like whatever it is you want to do. You want to maximize your gains while minimizing your effort. That's what everyone does on everything. Yes. By the way, I've made the analogy. I mean, when you go mow your yard, you don't just wander around aimlessly with the lawnmower while you're out there. (laughs) Like you try to get it done as soon as possible. When you, when you get in your car and you decide you're going to drive somewhere you don't you don't just take every single turn on the on the whole way there like you're you're trying to get the best gain it, everyone does this all the time you do it in your friendships and your relationship you're always trying to do this and it doesn't mean you're selfish it's what's best for everyone that everyone does that and that's how you grow a society over time is everyone pursuing that value these kind of structures like unemployment I'm not saying there shouldn't be some unemployment, especially if you're paying into it for a really long time. Like 
That was your money that you paid in for a lo- into it for a long time. Yeah. I mean, you should get that money back for imagine, sure. Imagine you had a job where your your job is to shovel gravel. Terrible job, but that's your job. You're shoveling gravel. Now you get paid by the hour. Imagine you get paid by the hour no matter what. How much gravel are you going to move? Enough to not get you fired. Yeah. Now imagine if your boss was like, hey, you're making 15 bucks an hour shoveling gravel, and I'm going to give you a $100 bonus for every ton of gravel that you shovel. Oh, I've I've done this before, by the so, way, because I ran a business in the construction industry. Yes, and I tested both ways of doing this. By the way, when I had people working for me, I had up to almost uh, I think twenty six people, and that even uh, even Brett came and worked for me for for a little bit. That's my and, li- that's my little brother who's seven foot. What I what I found was if you paid people by the hour, like say we would go into a house and there would be a list of about a hundred things that needed done. And if I paid people by the hour, which by the way, the minimum was 15, if not, if not 20 for almost everyone to 25, if I pay people by the hour, it would take a week for everything to get done. So you're basically paying slave wages. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. But if I paid people per item on the list, magically every item would get done in a day. And that was always the case. Always. The same items. Yep. All the time. If I paid by the hour, it would take a week. If I paid per item, it would take a couple days. And that is because people are incentivized to maximize their benefits for the least amount of time. That That is always the case. And these structures, they reverse that. There's no reason that you, you know, unless you're just an amazing, virtuous person who has plenty of money, that if you could make more money on unemployment right now and, and you would feel okay about it, like, of course you would do that. This doesn't take a college economics education to have a discussion about this is common sense. The other incentive can be moving up, you know, like my incentive. Well, one people have lost their pride, I think. Um, and their incentive to keep their pride is gone. I remember when I was young, I was a wee lad and my grandpa, when he was still alive, used to talk to me. Uh, he can't anymore, but, uh, he used to tell me stories about him being in the Navy and all this stuff. And we were talking about, I, th- I think I was like maybe 11 or 12 and he was asking me what I wanted to do when I got older. And I was like, I have no idea. And my grandpa <laughs> told me something very important. He said, I don't care what job you have or what you do. Be the very best that you can be at it. He's like, if you're a dishwasher, be the best dishwasher. And I took that into my first job. My first, I guess you can say my first real corporate job because I mean, hell, I started working when I was like 12. I was mowing the neighbor's yard. We used to live next to that nursery mm-hmm. and I started planting trees for them. And I was over there. I was mowing their yard for like five bucks an hour. The and, one uh, up on the hill up there? Uh, one, when I lived uh, on those five acres with that pond. Yeah. Um, oh, five acres. Yeah. I have, okay. Yeah. Wealth. That's <laughs> right that's, there. That's when I was like, yeah. you know, 12, 13. Okay. We live next to the, we live next to a nursery. You know how we got that place? I can tell that story real quick. We got that place because my dad, growing up, never paid child support. And I think when I turned 12, he started paying child support. And for three boys, he paid $600 a month. And that house that we rented was $600 a month. So we moved. So it was a rental. You didn't buy the house. It was a rental. No, no. It was still a rental. Um, So anyway, that's how we got to move to that place. Um, but we lived next to a nursery. So I started working when I was like, you know, 12, 13, 14 years old working for them. And then when I turned 16 and I could get a, a job, 
then I started at McDonald's and I literally, by the time I was 17 in the, in the, in a year, I moved up to manager because that was my incentive. If I worked really hard, if I was the best dishwasher at McDonald's, if I was the best burger flipper, if I was the best drive through person, the best front counter person, anytime there was downtime, I would go out to the front and I would clean. I would, I would sweep, I would wipe tables down. I was always busy and always taking pride in the work that I did and wanted to do the very best job I could. And what did it ultimately, it led to me being a 17 year old making 1250 an hour when I started out at 515, 515 was minimum wage. I more than doubled what I was making in a year. My effort led to me. That's because I'm white though. My effort led to me getting fired when the minimum wage went up because I wasn't worth the money. (laughs) (laughs) So when they raised the minimum wage up to $6, I think I got fired. Oh, okay. Because he had to cut someone off the floor. And it was you. (laughs) And it was me. (laughs) Weakest link. Yeah. So anyway, incentive structure is so important. And it all boils down to, Nate and I talk about this all the time. The reason why economics is so important is because everything boils down to that. You know what's affecting black lives right now? Economics. You know what is affecting the poor as a whole? Economics. You know what is affecting uh, the divisiveness that we have going on right now? It's economics. It's not really Republican versus Democrat. It's economics. It's people that don't feel like they can get ahead at all um, on both sides. And the Republicans want a giant government in their favor with a populist like Trump. And the Democrats want to usher in socialism. (laughs) Brad said, and climate change. (laughs) Climate change. Yeah. It's all. All of of this economics. I forgot to put Maurice's dumb tweet in there. Gosh, dang it. I'll have to find that. Anyway. So, okay. so that essentially that's, uh, and, you know, when I hear about income inequality and all, all that, I don't hear the numbers or what's going on. What I hear is that we have a severe imbalance between people in society that are creating a lot of value for other people in society and a lot of people in society that are not creating a lot of value for and when people you get in down society. to the nitty gritty of it. The, one of the biggest culprits is the red tape that the government mm-hmm. pushes upon people, which is why we talk about what we talk about all the time. And because well, it cuts down access, it cuts down your ability to create a business. It, cre- it creates situations like this unemployment benefit thing. It, and the more businesses that are created, the more competition there's going to be out there, the more pay is going to go up, the more businesses are competing for people's labor, the better things we're going to have because businesses and competition are con- going to continue to up their game and create new things. Like You have all this red tape, all this regulation, all the taxation, which is a leech on the society, the productive side of the society, pulling from the production of the society all the time and spending the money on things that are unproductive most of the time, inefficiently. And it's slowing everything down. So Do if take, you want to actually help people, uh, the, the more taxes and more government is not the way to do it. Do they take taxes out of these payments? I actually think I, well, I know the $1,200 thing was supposed to be taxable. I don't know about the unemployment benefits. I just say, I don't, I don't know. I'm curious about that. Yeah. Cause I wonder if like, if you get, if like they send you, they're sending you tax money and then they tax it again. <laughs> it's like, yeah. cause it's income for you technically. So I don't know. Mm. Anyway, on to the, is it time for the dumb bleeps? Dumb bleep of the week. We got some good ones. You guys Charlie, already... tell me about this one that we talked about yesterday, but it's got to be entered in because it was so stupid. Yeah, this one has to be voted on. This is from Rashida Tlaib. She says facial recognition technology is racist. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> okay, see, it, it, surely you guys, you guys heard our conversation about this yesterday, so we don't have to go all the way into it. And if you didn't, go back and take the 270 episode challenge. Yeah. Um, 
we're still working on those certificates for the people that have done. There's been a few people go back and listen to all of them, right? There have been. Yeah. Yeah. Because we have people talking about where the rest of the episodes, because it actually starts at like episode six or something like that. And uh, so, yeah, I think we've had a few people actually go all the way you through get there. Those certificates we we appreciate off. that. If you went in that reverse order like that, you heard us get worse and worse the longer that you listened. <laughs> that's, that must have been interesting to yeah. hear. Uh, so, yeah, Rashida Tlaib, that's dumb bleep number one. <laughs> Facial recognition, recognition technology is racist. And if you want to know our rebuke to that, then go listen to the episode from yesterday because that is a completely insane statement. It, everything is racist, right? Every, yeah, everything. The cameras is. are racist. <clears throat> the cameras themselves yep. are racist for sure. So this woman's going to take a minute to go through. This is dumb bleep number two from. This is a dumb bleep conversation from such. Now tell me who such is. You looked her up such. Uh, she is a, mm. um, an award-winning singer and actress and she does R and B I think. And she, uh, just dropped a new album and uh, she she won the African um, equivalent of a Grammy. And she also you mean was a Grammy lead. in Africa, right? Not like yes. a Grammy that we give to black people. No. Okay. Making sure. Yeah. In the, in the continent of Af on the continent of Africa. Okay. I got you. Yeah. It's the Grammy equivalent. I can't remember what the name of the award is. Uh, she also won a uh, worldwide best actress and best debut actress from uh, her lead role as an actress. So this isn't, um, she's a verified Twitter. I think she only has like 8,000 followers, but probably got a lot more now. Yeah. She's at, she's at 7,950 followers. And Did you say uh, she was on American idol. Yeah. She was on American idol. Okay. And so now she's, uh, she's, she's trending up. Yeah. It seems like her life is moving forward, which I don't know how it's possible because as, Nate will tell you about it's everything's holding her down and she's so. she's black by the way so we'll yes. we'll, we'll go through this um so here's her, her real name is such by the way that's real her name. name yeah huh yeah and she said it's pronounced just like such such as such as such <laughs> <laughs> so she says in this tweet thread so everyone follow along here when i was buying at my house it blew my mind when my lender asked if my family couldn't just gift me the down payment money saying that gifts and loans of 50000 to 100000 weren't uncommon from families for first-time homebuyers. That's the 400-year head start we don't have. Okay, so I also did not have fifty to 100000 So we'll just no. go through here. Well, she's going to rebuke my, my need to respond to this, by the way, as we, as we go through. She said, I said what I said, and it's true. You really, your reality may be different, but don't be willfully ignorant at the fact that black people 9.9 .9 times out of 10 don't have the luxury to call a family member for any size gift to purchase a home because of the racial wealth gap. Does she cite her sources? She did not <laughs> oh, cite <my>. her sources, <laughs> but she does here in a minute. Because 9.9 .9 times out of 10. Now, I looked up the statistics, by the way. Um, the black millionaires in America make up 8%. So, and we did a story the other day that, you know, the, the creator of BET is worth $14 billion. Yeah. So it's not like black families don't have money that they could gift people. I mean, she's been yeah. on the American idol and has won a, won a major award. Yeah. You know, won several major awards. Okay. So, uh, then she goes on and for anyone spewing about financial literacy, pulling ourselves up by our bootstraps, it doesn't matter what we do. We could be black Warren Buffett's will never be able to achieve that level of wealth in a system designed to keep us pinned down and prop up white supremacy. 
Wow. We could be Black Warren Buffett's. I don't know if you know this, but when you enter in a stock trade, they do not ask you what your skin color is. No. Whatsoever. When you set up an account. None of it asks what your yeah. skin color is. And it doesn't say, I'm going to give you a worse fill price if you're black, or I'm going to crash this stock if you bought it and you're black. It doesn't say any of that stuff. We could ask Maurice, because Maurice is black, and he's part of our trading academy. Maurice? Now, Maurice sometimes in his trading career might have felt like this was true, but it didn't have anything to do with the fact that he's black. So, Maurice, uh, are you getting some black sw- uh, slippage on your fills, <laughs> on your fill price? Blackage is what they, is yeah. what they call it. Yeah, it's a trading blackout. We'll wait for his answer. There's a little bit of delay yeah. in the live feed, so we'll wait for his answer. So once we'll... again, she said, "It doesn't matter what we do. We could be Black Warren Buffetts, and we'll never be able to achieve that wealth in a system designed to keep us pinned down and prop up white supremacy." Uh, let's see. We'll skip the next one. There are no. This is a quote. There are no actions that Black Americans can take unilaterally that will have m- much of an effect on reducing the racial wealth gap. For the gap to be closed, America must undergo a vast social transformation produced by the adoption of bold national policies. Policies that will forge a way forward by addressing finally the long-standing consequences of slavery, Jim Crow years that followed, and ongoing racism and discrimination that exists in our society today. I want to say that the one tweet that you skipped is actually very important because what she says in this tweet is that it doesn't matter what kind of response you have. She's already canceled your response. By sh- she tweeted that she said, if you actually give two shits or have any F's to give about making a difference and care about black lives other than when accompanied by violent death, you will hear and feel the truth in that statement. Anything else is just apologism and what aboutism for white privilege? Anything else. So she can't like she literally can't. You can't have a response because it, all it is is apologism and what aboutism for white privilege. Ugh. So they're labeling you. <clears throat> If you try to have a response to this, you're already labeled as somebody who supports and isn't your your entire embodiment is the very essence and nature of white privilege. So you can't have a response unless you agree with her. I hate this the, is I hate what about like that people who can't win or make coherent arguments come up with all of I call them. Uh, what do I call them? Debate flags. They're grammar flags. They're or, flags. Or, uh, or they're like red. That's a red herring. Yeah. That's a straw man. Straw that's man. A, that's a, you know, they go through all these things. And the what aboutism is a favorite one too, because when you make a good counterpoint or analogy where you're like, well, what about this? They're like, oh, well, that's a what aboutism. Like if you bring up a good point, that's just what aboutism. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's crazy. Like, oh, hey, here's a good point. Oh, well, you have been flagged in violation of debate tactic number eight which is what about ism and we cannot allow that to go on stuff like this this is it's disgusting to me to hear people say things like this especially people with a nice blue check mark been on american idol won a lot of awards done things like that to say that there are no actions black americans can take that will have much of an effect on reducing the racial wealth gap there are no actions that anyone can take none all that all that can be done you can't go on american idol or anything in fact they reject you if you're black on american that's idol that's what i heard yeah it's, it's because of luke bryan it's it's <laughs> disgusting to me it's, it's even crazy. though lionel richie's one of the judges <laughs> <laughs> i'm it, sure she doesn't mean american idol that's not what she means no, no but there are no actions that black americans can take like what kind of a message is that to send the people what are you telling you realize, people? Realize, like one of the highest paid comedians right now is Kevin Hart. Yeah, he sold out the most. He did a he did a comedy stadium tour. 
a comedy and they canceled him because he made a gay joke. Yeah. <laughs> but he did a, a, a comedy stadium tour, but there's no actions that he could have taken there. Like his hard work and his ethic and, and everything that he believes in, there's no way that he could have ever made it. And in fact, he still hasn't made it. You know, all that money didn't go to him. Apparently <laughs> all the stuff that he's accomplished was nothing but uh, white supremacists. That's all it was. Maurice made a good point. He said, why do black people advocate for more statism when the state has done the most harm to black people? I mean, isn't that, isn't that impressive? The state has done the most harm to everyone, but then as well, the state doing the most harm to black people. I mean, just think about the civil rights era and, and think about trying to fight for desegregation and all, all this kind of stuff. Jim like, Crow. You were fighting the government at that time. Yeah. You were fighting the government. Sure, there could have been a lot of racist people out there, but the only way that they could have got their agenda passed was through the the enforcement arm of the government. Yeah, that's what I was saying yesterday. It makes I can't I can't I get frustrated because I can't comprehend and I'll just flat out say it the stupidity of people to not understand something as simple as um, the only way that people can get their racist agenda as part of law and government is to get it through government. It's got to be the government has to enact it. The government has to, to enact it. They're, they're the ones that have to enact it and enforce it. So why do you think that you can just change it by putting certain people into government? Because you never know. Somebody could lie their entire way all the way to pre Donald Trump is your president. <laughs> but the answer is the government. But the answer is we need more government. We just need the right people in government. It makes no sense. I really thought we'd see a bigger movement for liberal people more towards smaller government after seeing what can happen, that Donald Trump can actually be the president, that you would see people be anti-government action. But that, that really never happened. It was just been anti-Trump action the whole time. It was never anti-government action. Whereas like Tea Party people became anti-government action there for a little while, while Obama was president. You know, yeah, and, but that's not what you saw with this. It's just that we don't have the right people in power. And that's a, a very dangerous mentality to have. So he, she says, goes, he says something else here. He says, uh, Maurice is saying like Eric D. July, another great podcast you guys should check out, by the way. He says, racism without statism is just a bad idea. Yeah. So sure, you can have a bunch of racist people out there. But what what power do they have over you? Unless they have the power of the state, then there's no power. Like people they, are they mad just, at the police right now. They're the state. They're the yes. The state makes a bunch of laws, and then police enforce them. That's their job. And Your anger at the police is anger at the enforcement arm of the state. And instead, they're being mad at. Oh, we need to make sure that none of these police officers are racist whatsoever. No. Police officers are a symptom of a very large problem called the government. Amen. They Preach are a it. symptom. That is it. You are not going to fix it by doing blood tests to check for genetic markers for racism on police officers or anything like that. That's not what you're going to be able to do. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay, she goes on to say, Addre addressing racial wealth inequality will require a major re redistributive effort or another major public policy intervention to build black American wealth. So she's talking about... Reparations, once again, she says, read this Duke University paper on racial wealth inequalities in America. Read all of it. And then ask yourself if you're willing to do what it takes to restructure this system. 
knowing that doing so will certainly mean that the privileges you and your family enjoy will no longer be exclusive to you, but accessible to all, for all and by all. Truly, have a great day. And then she goes on to say, because she got flack, probably, from a, a bunch of whiteys on there talking about how they grew up poor, and what are you talking about? Where was my privilege when I grew up in a trailer park and, and we were barely making ends meet? We had, you know, we had a $250 trailer payment that we had to pay. And luckily my child support from my dad was $300. And that is how we were able to actually pay. Your mom got 300 for one kid. 300. Yeah. Wow. I got him 10. My mom's jealous. I know. I'm going to tell her that. So she says (laughs) to white people saying they're poor, I empathize and feel for you. But two things. Number one, don't make this about you. Okay. Well, first off, Go F yourself because you're making this about me. First off, you made this about me. I didn't make this about anything. You are making this about me. And number two, a white person's broke is very different than a black person's. Dipping into your savings account versus having a negative account balance. So her response is that when white people are poor, that means that they have to use their savings accounts. But when black people are poor, that means that their account balance is negative. Have you ever gone negative? I have gone negative probably 300 times. Me too. I would say. I have paid so many bank fees that I'm sure I've propped up regions. I've paid at least five light bills across the nation. And that's how many times yeah, I've gone yeah. negative. What what I told, you know, and I learned I, some very valuable lessons, some hard earned lessons. Oh, I paid when so I much younger. money to Bank of America and fees. Yeah. Insane amounts. I've never had a savings account. I don't that have a savings racial, account right now. That was, I don't have one. That was racial. That was probably racial predatory, um, you know, banking. I hate it when people get mad at. Listen, I know banking fees are really annoying, but there's nothing saying that the bank has to cover money that you don't have when you go to buy something. Because in essence, you're stealing like, from them. You don't have the money. Yeah, and they're gonna create an incentive structure that tries to get you to not spend money that does not exist in your bank account because they have to cover it. Either they're going to cover it or you're going to get denied when you're there trying to buy your groceries or you're going to pay a fee because you use more money than what you have. It's, it's insane. But this idea, this generalized idea that when white people are poor, it means that they're dipping into their savings accounts is another disgusting thing that she says. What mm-hmm. I, I'll say what I said to Charlie. This is racism. It yes. is. You can... And I know they've changed the definition of racism last week uh, or the week before. So you can't really make this argument. Did they anymore. really? They actually, Merriam-Webster's dictionary changed oh the definition God. of racism. So now the racism has to come from someone who's in a, inside of a power structure, meaning that you can't be racist towards white people is what they changed the definition to me. Yeah, they, here it is. It says prejudice, discrimination, or antagonism directed against a person or people on the basis of their membership of a particular racial or ethnic group, typically one that is a minority or marginalized. Yeah. So because you're not a minority or marginalized, therefore, you, you, there's, if things are pointed out about your group, then uh, it's no longer racist. So in my book, racism used to mean, used to mean, that based on someone's race, you treated them a certain way purely based on what their race was. 
and that you said that you didn't like people of that race, basically. You treated someone differently. You discriminated against them. You did something negative to them based on what their race was. <coughs> but that's really no longer the case. So you can't be racist towards white people because white people are the power structure. And so that can't be racism. That's completely insane. And it does a, it does a disservice to people who have actually lived a, a struggle their entire lives. I have a family member who was homeless right now, literally, up in Illinois. Happens to be white. You guys can't see on video, but I'm white. Who is homeless right now. And I can't imagine... Now, I mean, if she wants to come down to Nashville and stay with me, that's fine. But I can't imagine looking at someone who has gone through the life that she's gone through and been poor her entire life and saying that she's been benefiting from white privilege her entire life. It's a completely disgusting thing to do. And it is exactly the definition of racism to make a generalized opinion about anyone who is a certain skin color and make some type of a judgment based on the fact that they are that skin color. It is literally racism. And it's, it's the problem that we're trying to fix. And it can be bad when it comes from white people and it can be bad when it comes from black people. Which is why the only way, you know, Peterson talked a lot about this. The only what you have to do is you have to keep fractionating the group down all the way to the level in the, of the individual. Martin Luther King Jr.'s dream was that he he dreamt that his daughters would be judged based on the content of their character, not the color of their skin. It's just it's every single individual to be judged on the individual's character and their actions, <laughs> not the color of their skin. Maurice said he's got us, by the way. I don't know if you saw this in the library. He said, wow, I have so much privilege now. He's going to. And then he said, I got you guys. Don't worry. He said, I have so much. I'm about the privilege all over the place. (laughs) So (laughs) the one thing I do want to say is that part of her statement isn't necessarily wrong. No, I mean. It's the solutions. People are disadvantaged and we are stemming from a racist culture. Yes. Yes. We are. So black Americans were held back for a very long time. Slavery. Jim Crow, segregation, they weren't allowed into schools, they weren't they had to be separated. They there were all kinds of things that held black people back. But you know what the the mother king culprit was for all of that? Do you do you you want to know who who held black people back? Large corporations. <laughs> it was Alec, <laughs> the American legislative executive culprit. <laughs> culprit. <laughs> Yeah, you know who? Do you, wrong. By wrong. The way. Yeah, yeah, that's fake. That was a joke. Do, do you want to know? Do you, do you really want to know? Who is it? Who's held? Lay it on me. Black people back from succeeding. I had no idea what the answer is. From taking action to being successful to where they can purchase a home without I, having to borrow fifty thousand dollars. I'm on the edge of my seat right now. Government. Oh my god. And this is what you we guys talk almost about. Saw my head explode right there on camera. Every single day on the show, this is what we talk about. The barriers. In large part, the barriers to in people's way from getting ahead in life, what causes economic struggle, what causes poverty, all of this is the state. It's government. They are the only legal roadblock that you can have. Now, you may live. It's it is possible empirically to live in a community full of white people that won't let or won't buy anything from a black person's store and therefore they go out of business. For, for racism. That is the mm-hmm. local market deciding uh, we're all racist and we don't want to do it. But for that black person to get a permit to build a business, they have to go through city council. 
Yeah. And what if city council doesn't approve? What they're like, oh, well, certificate of need. We don't need another clothing store in this town. So mm, sorry. Is it a medical clothing store? Yeah. <laughs> they're selling scrubs. You get that C-O-N? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, your government are the ones when government can decide whether or not you when they permit whether or not you can open a business when they have these things like certificate of need, when they say, oh, well, you have to pay a certain amount of taxes here or you have to have this qualification here or you have to do this here or this license here or the, whatever it is. And then on top of that, not only do they do that, but then they hand you money for not doing things like that. Like, oh, if you don't start a business and you're not employed, we'll give you more money to stay there. Stay there. We'll actually Don't. make it financial, financially beneficial for you to yes. stay on the bottom rung. Yes. Do not get ahead. And then this person likes, like, look, we all, I would guarantee you all of us. If we sat, if I sat down and talked to such, I guarantee you, we would agree on almost all the problems that not only black America faces, but poor people in general and everything. We would probably talk, we would agree on healthcare. We would agree on economics and all this stuff. The major difference is between people like us who believe in freedom and liberty and people, and I'm, I'm going to assume here. So to, if, if I'm wrong, I don't think I am because you can read her words, but I would say people like such who advocate for the ideology of redistribution and socialism, the major difference between us are solutions. And it's, we are on the moral side of the argument because our solutions do not require us to force anyone to do anything else. Their solutions require force. It's that old saying, oh, socialism so good. You have to hold a gun to people's head to practice it. Yeah. Like you could practice socialism in America right now if you want to. Set up your own commune. Practice communism. Practice fascism. Whatever you want. Set it up. It's legal in <laughs> America to do. Get you a piece of land. Put a fence around it. Say all thou, all thou who enter, chop. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Like build your own. That's legal, but no, they want to force by the arm of government and their solution. Just to don't the call it the branch Davidians. Their solution to the problem is more of the problem. Yeah. It's because doubling the problem, down. Yes. The problem is government. You know, Bernie Sanders is out there talking. Well, he's kind of gone from the spotlight now, but he was always out there talking about, we need laws against, we need campaign finance reform. We need laws against this and we need laws against that and laws against this and laws against that. What do people do with laws? They manipulate them to their benefit. What we need is are less laws, less regulations, less red tape, less roadblocks, less licenses, all of that. Let people be free to make the decisions that they want to make. Let them be free to get ahead. Let them be free to be successful. Let them be free to provide a better life for themselves and their kids. Let them be free to protect their family. And I don't, there's no other better way. There's no better way. There's no better way. There isn't. And it's going to be really hard to do when you have influential people telling people that there is no way for you to get ahead. That's always the part that it really disgusts me because it's the opposite message that people need to hear. People do not need to hear that there is Especially no way. Especially someone who's getting ahead. Yeah, someone who's ahead. Someone who's getting ahead saying, ah, oh, there's no way to get ahead. Like the like the guy that like the guy from BET talking about the same thing. Yeah. The only way people are going to be able to get ahead is, is through reparations. Oh, by the way, we're $14 billion. Yeah. How did you get ahead? What did you do? Once they use... Did you get $14 billion in reparations? Is that how you got there? <laughs> no. It's, it's, it's quite comical to see all the people who use 
capitalism to get ahead and then argue against the very means that they used like Bernie Sanders writing his book. It's like, Oh, well it's just book sales. Yeah. You know, it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't mean that, uh, well, you know what, honestly, Bernie, there's too many authors. We don't need all these authors writing books. <laughs> you know, we need one toothpaste and we need one, maybe, maybe five books for people to read and that's it. All right. It's so like, it's we've, so ridiculous. We've only got like five minutes left. So we need to go through, let's just throw in the ice cube tweet in there and then we'll vote on these three things. I, I think we know, I think we know who might win, but Ice Cube coming in strong here at the end. Yes. So uh, Ice Cube tweeted out. Now this is a this is an article from the Hill. Wisconsin me, uh, Wisconsin man was seen wearing a KKK robe and hood while walking his dog. Now that just sounds like it would be warm, like just way too hot. Well, it is in Wisconsin though, so yeah, he's in Wisconsin. I can't see that. He's so anyway, popping cheese kids. He he retweeted with comment and said. Senator Rand Paul's favorite outfit. Oh, God. Now, this is a clear representation of someone who has no freaking clue what they're talking about whatsoever. There was a story from a couple weeks ago where Rand Paul was blocking an anti-lynching bill. And, of course, they ran with that. Of course, the bill was actually blocked back in February. And it wasn't actually blocked. He was asking for an amendment to be put in it for them to vote on the amendment that was going to go into the bill. But, anyway... That article started going around all over the place. That news story broke a few months afterwards when it became politically expedient to break that news story. And because, you know, a few months ago, no one cared whatsoever. But anyway, that all went out about Rand Paul, people talking about how much of a vicious white supremacy was because he's pro-lynching is what he is. He's obviously pro-lynching. We did an article all about it. Well, no, actually, he was trying to make sure that the lynching law only covered actual lynching. Like, like really terrible instances of lynching that have happened in the past. This law was covering like anything. I mean, like so many things could fit underneath it. And he wanted it to only, to only cover lynching, which is something that like never happens, by the way. That's the government's idea of a response to a problem is to make an anti-lynching bill when it's basically... Or not something that happens or take a traditional African garb <laughs> and take a knee, which by the way, I heard, I read yeah, a story I that, that that garb was actually the African tribe that sold the slaves yeah. <laughs> that started the slave trade out of Africa. You guys realize that blacks sold blacks into the slave trade. They weren't white. People didn't go over to Africa and start rounding up people and stealing them. No, they were, they were handed over. Yeah. Through large sums of payments. Well, we also, I posted the other day because I've been reading a book by uh, Thomas Sowell called uh, Economics, Applied Economics or something like yeah. that. And he was talking, he did a whole chapter about slavery. I mean, you know, from the 16th and 17th centuries, there were over a million Europeans enslaved in North Africa. And people seem to think that slavery started in the 1600s with black people. That's not the case. People have been, in fact, even uh, the guy that ran with Hillary Clinton, I think, I uh, can't remember his name because uh, he was just that cool, said that slavery, that we invented slavery, that, that America invented slavery. Like, it's an, it's insane. Completely insane. Human beings have been enslaved since human beings existed. Yeah. We've that been, has always we've been, been a thing. We've been enslaving human beings for a very long we, time. If anything, we led towards the ending of slavery. Vermont was the first government to officially outlaw slavery. And I know that the that UK or England outlawed the slave trade before we outlawed slavery. They, they, they beat it by a little bit, but they outlawed the slave trade, not the actual slaves 
that were being held, you just couldn't do it anymore. But everyone else, all the slaves were grandfathered in yeah, at right. that time. Just no more trading. But anyway, Ice Cube says Senator Rand Paul's favorite outfit because it's a KKK robe. And this is completely insane. I mean, this is someone who just introduced the no-knock, uh, ending no-knock raids, the, the Breonna Taylor bill trying to ban no-knock raids yeah. across the country. He worked very closely with uh, Cory Booker on criminal justice reform. He's always had, a during the presidential campaign, one of his major talking points was that was that white people and black people did drugs at roughly the same rate, but that incarceration rates for black people were like double for for drugs, and that there was, uh, you know, there were people that were being disadvantaged. And like, I mean, he was talking Trump into pardoning pardoning people that had criminal injustice issues. Yeah, it's it's completely insane, and it shows that just pure politics, pure political bias, and not actually looking up anything whatsoever. It's just an idea that reinforces your opinion that you want to have without ever actually looking up and seeing what's going on. Taking one of the few senators that uh, that has actually been working to solve these problems and calling him someone who would love to wear a KKK robe. It, it's completely disgusting. So ridiculous. So y'all get your votes in. I got to get out of here. I got to go visit my son's teacher. So I apologize for leaving the show early, but Nate's going to get y'all out of here. And uh, get your votes in, and I will. I'm gonna have to listen to see what the what the votes see what are. The, so, so we got we had to throw in Rashida to leave facial rec- recognition technology being racist. We got such at number two. So one is to leave. Two is such, and three is Ice Cube. So you guys vote one, two, or three. What do you guys think is the dumbest bleep of the week? We got to vote for Ice Cube. Uh, Maurice says any other day Ice Cube, but such is. Such a dumb bleep. So we got an ice cube. We got a such. Everyone else get your votes in there real quick. While we're waiting for those votes to come in, I'll tell you guys about mastermytrades.com. Today is your last time to get in for the seven-day free trial. It's your last time ever this week to get in for the seven-day free trial. We we just won't ever do it again. Ever. I mean, we'll do it again sometime. Listen. But the price is going to be so much higher, it just, it just won't be worth it for you anymore. That's not true. It'll be totally worth it. Anyway, get in for that seven-day free trial if you're interested in learning how to trade the markets. If you want to learn everything from the very, very basics, talking about learning how to read a chart, how to use a charting platform, the different strategies that we use every single day, learning about support and resistance, all these things. See videos from us every single day. We've already uploaded four videos to the website today. I got to go back and count and see how many there are now. It's like 120 videos on the website. So, all kinds of resources on there. You got terms, definitions. We do live Q and A's. We got one coming up next Thursday. We officially scheduled for next Thursday. All kinds of stuff going on and you can get a seven day free trial right now. That means you can even join and be a part of that live Q and A next week if you want to do that. So go to mastermytrades.com. Maybe you'll be interested in trading and maybe you won't. Listen, if you if you go sign up for the free trial and you're like, ah, really, this isn't for me. I don't think I can put the time into it. Um, I don't think I want to really risk any money right now, or this seems boring, or I can't really figure this out. That's totally fine. Go check out the seven-day free trial and see what you guys think about it. And if you don't like it, then then just cancel. But for right now, you can go to mastermytrades.com and jump on that seven-day free trial. Let me see. We got such... uh, We got Ice Q. I think we're two to two right now. I need someone else to come in and break this tiebreaker. Let me give, uh, give you guys a couple more seconds. Also, go to patreon.com slash goodmorningliberty. 
If you guys are interested in being in on this live group right now, we chat back and forth. I think everyone in here is just becoming dear friends. We just come in here and we chat back and forth every single day. I can't imagine when we ever did the podcast without the live group because it's it's so much fun to chat back and forth and see what's going on. So if you're interested in doing that, we just added a new Patreon supporter today um, at a higher tier level, which is amazing. That means that person gets an advertisement ran that they on something that they care about from our Facebook page, an article, a video, whatever it is that they care about. They're going to get a free uh, less government, more freedom mug. It used to be a Bernie Lies mug. Now it's a less government, more freedom mug. Going to get a get a mug. I said free once again. It's not free. It comes with paying money on Patreon. Listen, so you go on there. There's different tier levels, but for as little as $5 a month, you can hang out every single day of the week when we want to and when you want to and chat back and forth with us. I'm going to break the tie, guys. I'm going with such. I have to go with such. Ice Cube is really close. It's really stupid because he obviously has no idea what he's talking about whatsoever, trying to demonize one of the only Republicans that's out there pushing for tons of things that he would agree with if he were to actually look for two seconds about something. Shows that you can't just listen to people because they're famous or anything like that. But I have to go with such. And the reason I have to go with that is out of pure disgust. Uh, Pure disgust because of the inherent racism that is in it. Uh, Deciding that you're going to apply a rule for all people of one skin color Like the fact that if a white person is broke, that means they're using their savings. Deciding that you're going to do that and deciding that you're going to tell black people that there is no way that they can get ahead in life without the use of the government taking money from other people is a completely disgusting and demoralizing idea. Someone who's actually got a blue check mark, someone who's been on American Idol, someone who has won many awards doing things like that and then telling people that there is no way that anyone can get ahead. It's It's disgusting to me, and it's the exact opposite thing that people need to be hearing. And we all have to embrace the idea of individualism. That's how you end racism, by the way. Individualism. If you're going to judge people, judge them on who they are, their character. Just like MLK said, the content of their character, not the color of their skin. I don't think MLK meant, I want my daughters to be judged on the content of their character, but I want white people's daughters to be judged on the fact that they're white. I don't think that that is what he was talking about whatsoever. He had a really great message, a really great nonviolent message, by the way, which is why I think he was so influential. So it's, it's completely disgusting, and it is racism. Whether or not they want to change the definition of racism, taking one group of people and applying something to them because of their skin color is racist. I mean, that is the very definition of racism, guys. And... You're never going to end the problem if you go out on the attack against every single person who has a certain skin color. How are you going to end racism with racism? There's no way to do that. You're going to make it worse. A lot of the things I've heard so far are things that will make it worse. You're going to put people on the defense. I feel attacked right now for my skin color. And that is not the solution to the problem. Black people felt attacked because of their skin color. They still do. What's the answer to that? More racism? No, not at all. Attacking other people because of their skin color? Is that a solution to the problem? No, it's not. The only way you can actually fix this is by embracing the concept of individualism. Every single person is unique and pay attention to what their character is, what what their morals are, what have they done in their lives, or just don't judge people at all. 
but don't judge them based on what their skin color is. And we all make assumptions on, say like, maybe you wouldn't look at me and say, oh, I bet his entire music album is rap music or something like that. Like, is that crazy? Is that crazy? I mean, there's a difference between assuming some type of a statistical number of preferences for things, you know, and actually being straight up racist and saying that if you're white, you can't talk on this. Or if you're white, then you're part of the problem. Or if you're white, then you've never actually been poor. That's, that's a disgusting thing to do. And that's not how we actually fix the problem. And we're all about fixing the Galdern problem, guys. We're not interested in making it worse whatsoever. So if you guys like this, tell a friend, tell a family member, tell your communist uncle that they have a new podcast that they need to listen to right now so they can get their minds right when it comes to all this stuff going on. Okay, you guys do all of that stuff and we will be right back here on Monday with Spike Cohen, the vice presidential nominee for the Libertarian Party. We'll be here Monday with Spike Cohen. Until then, you guys have a good day and a good morning, Liberty. You know, the rapidly rising uh, um, uh, in with, uh, with uh, I don't know, uh, uh, 